So, if you heard Mike well ago, you can turn in your Bibles over to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Thought it'd be good for us to consider this morning uh, where you are and what's going on. Where are you? Geographically, some of you know pretty well. Uh, where are you emotionally? Where are you spiritually? I don't know what's going on in everybody's life. I don't know. But I do know that we live on a cursed earth since Genesis 3 and God kicked them out of the garden and said, okay. Now it's going to be a struggle. Now it's going to be a battle just to survive. So I know you're there. And in that context, we have sufferings and trials and hardships and temptations. And those will never cease until this world ceases. Or until you cease from it for you personally. But in the meantime... Here's where we are. First Peter chapter 1, we're just going to save time and jump down to verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, and that's exactly how long life is, a little while. James said it's a vapor, it's a mist that vanishes. So the smoke coming off a tea kettle you know one thing, it ain't lasting long. Life's not lasting long. It's not lasting long. For a little while, you may have had to suffer grief. I mean, there's just sad things happening. And he told these Christians later on, it's not just to you, it's all over the world. Suffer griefs and all kinds of trials. I mean, things that, that test your faith. But these have come, all your sufferings, all your griefs, all your struggles, all of these things, all the temptations you faced, these have come to bring you where you are right now. And where you are right now is the opportunity to consider this. These have come so that your faith, is anybody here this morning because they do not believe Jesus Christ, Son of God? I mean, because people believe that. People don't believe he's the Son of God. People don't believe he was God in the flesh come here. But I want to make this clear. They do not believe that based on evidence. There's no evidence for that. There's no evidence whatsoever that he's just like everybody else. There's not any evidence for that. Historically, there's zero. And in your life and in your mind, if there is some, then you're basing and then determining that off what you see and what you experience and how you feel about that, well, 
That would mean you're the source. That would mean you're the baseline. That would mean you're the thing to be judged off of. And there's not anybody in here, nobody in here would claim to know absolutely everything all the time. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the evidence points us toward the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that all that we've suffered, all we've gone through, all the mistakes we've made, all the failures we've had, all the successes we've had, all the blessings we've enjoyed, all the temptations and sin that we've waded through and, and struggled through and dealt with, and all of that has brought us right here. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. May be proved genuine. No, it's the real deal. When your faith is in Jesus as the Son of God, that's the real thing. And it may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And though you have not seen him, you love him. You love him for who he is. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the preciousness of your faith. That's it. It brings you a viewpoint. It brings you a perspective. Jeff didn't even get to be in class a while ago. What did we talk about? In view of God's mercy. That's God's call to you. I'm holding my hand like a phone again. That is God's call to you as a Christian going forward right now. With the temptation you're about to face, with the success you're about to have, with the failure you're about to engage, with the I don't care what it is you fill in the blank, here's God's call to you. View it, engage it in view of God's mercy. That's exactly why I mentioned Jeff. That's exactly what he just called us to do while we go to the Lord's Supper. This do in view of God's mercy. Jesus Christ came here to present God's mercy, to give offer for God's mercy, to bring about God to have a just way to show mercy and grace. And every Lord's Day, that's the pinnacle of what we do. We come together in view of God's mercy. Because that puts everything else in perspective. It puts in perspective the preciousness of our faith. Our faith is, is connected to the thing that is reality greater and, and more substantial than what you see. There's just... There's things in this life... And we don't, have, we don't have the viewpoint, we don't have the perspective to see them until God shows us. Here's what I'd offered you in Jesus. I've offered you my righteousness. 
And when we're talking about people crying out, crucify Jesus a while ago, I wanted to inject this. When they're crying out, crucify him. And just right, it's the same crowd. It's the same crowd. How do you go from Hosanna, save us. You save us, that's what that says. Son of David, you're the king, you save us. We submit to your salvation. We pave the way literally in our lives for your salvation with palm branches and cloaks. Paving the way for Jesus to come into their life as king. And that quick, they stand and scream, crucify him. What are they saying? Remove him. Get rid of him. We're tired of him. Yeah, he keeps telling us we're not enough. That's what he does. He just tells us, you're not enough. That's not enough. He said that all we're doing is not enough. I don't like anybody that doesn't build me up. Don't misunderstand what Jesus said and what God says is you have no value. See, that's where it got twisted. That's where the perspective got changed. You are not enough. Brothers and sisters, that's an absolute fact. Is anybody in here enough? All you got to do is know all the good there is to do and always do it all the time. Now, the rest of us, you're not enough. But that's not the end of his statement. Why would he even declare that? Well, because we're not. We're not enough to save ourselves. Our faith is not precious because it puts our faith in ourself. Our faith is precious because of the object that it's in, and it's in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. The revelation of God's righteousness and God's mercy and God's grace. He's not telling us we have no value because the gospel message declares what? With a nail in each hand and one through the feet. The death of me, the, the I am, the death of the one who is enough, that is your value. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There's your value right there. But you are not enough to bring yourself to God. Thus, he demonstrated your value, and he also demonstrated his love for you, and he demonstrated his desire and ability to bring you to himself. It is written in the prophets, Jesus said, they will all be taught by God. That's why you're here. On some level, in some way, you have been taught by God. God in his infinite wisdom, his infinite mercy, and his matchless grace has put someone in your life with a message of, this is good for you, this will bring you life, get it, seize it, keep hold of it. And all we can hear is you're not enough. Well, God bless our hearts. 
God's trying to tell us who enough is. Jesus Christ is enough, brother and sister. And what he's offering to us is everything that's happened in your life to this point has brought you to here. To this place where God calls you to engage right now today. I don't care when you were baptized. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how many elders you are and deacons you are and, and preachers you've been and missionaries you've been and sacrificed. I don't care about that. I care about right now, this second, right here today. And God calls you and God calls me here. And realize the preciousness of a faith that is so valuable. It is so valuable. It outweighs gold. Because it perishes refined by fire. And our faith merely proves more genuine. This is the genuineness of your faith. It has brought you to the Son of God and therefore into the presence of God. Isn't that amazing? In view of God's mercy... Just in general, isn't he merciful? In view of God's mercy to you. You didn't, you didn't create all this. God did. And he's called us to it. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith. Evidently, the goal of their faith was not to remove sadness, sickness, uh, the existence of sin, the existence of trials, the existence of struggle. Evidently, the goal of their faith isn't to remove all that. You are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. God is keeping his promises. He is keeping his promises to us in Christ Jesus. We've been born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In his great mercy, he has given us that. He is calling us to rejoice in that. He is calling us, brothers and sisters, to remember and live in view of the cross. Remember what God has done for you. I keep pointing down here because that's the point. That's the focus of this. Remember that his call to you to come to him. The same call that told you you're not enough. He's not talking about your value. He's talking about to get to me and my righteousness. I've got to afford to you my righteousness. I've got to credit to you my righteousness. I have to have a just way to give you my righteousness. And the justice behind God crediting, affording, granting, imputing, whatever Bible translation word you want to think up again, The justice behind that, brothers and sisters, is the cross of Jesus Christ. And the death of the righteous for the unrighteous. 
The righteous died for the unrighteous, chapter 3 of that same letter, to bring you to God. And here we are. And we're left very simply in that truth. That's either true or it's not, and it is too. Isn't it? Isn't it? The truth of that is, right now, today, we're answering the call again. Remove him. I'm scared of what he'll demand. I'm scared of what he's going to do. I'm scared. I'm scared of that. Remove him. You might as well say crucify him. Because that's in principle, is all they're saying when they scream out crucify is get rid of him. I don't want the Jesus stuff, enough of the God stuff, enough of the church stuff, and don't need the Bible stuff. You've quit looking at God's mercy, you've quit being in view of that, and you've quit being honest about yourself. God doesn't expect you, he didn't call you to be the answer to anything. He called you and he wants you to accept what he offers you. And that's a faith that's precious even though refined by fire. That's a faith that's still achieving its very purpose, which is the salvation of your soul, regardless what's going on in the world around you. And God's calling us to remember that. So you got a choice today. And today you either cry out again, Hosanna. No, you're it. You save us. You're the king. You're the solution. Save us. You are the one who has brought me God's mercy, and that's the thing I want. Or you cry out, get rid of him. And if some of you are struggling, if you're having a bad day right now, if you're right smack dab in the middle of a sinking spell and you're still on the downhill, you hadn't even got to the curve yet. You call me up, 325-728-0965. And by the grace of God, according to the will of God, with the word of God, I'll coach you right out of that. I'll coach you right out of that. I'm not going to tell you anything that's my opinion. I'm going to tell you what God said. Remind you of what God said. That somehow slipped through your fingers. Somehow you got distracted from. I'm, I'm just being as honest and as transparent and as deadly serious as I can be. It's just that simple right there. The anything you need that's not in this book. If you're not walking in newness of life, if, if the purpose of your life is not clear, if you're not living this life in view of God's mercy, if you're not confidently confident in your understanding of blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. If you're not confident in God's righteousness credited to you, if you're not confident in where you stand with God, then you call me up and I'll help you out with it. I can't explain all that this morning. Morning sermon be four hours long. 
The only thing I need from you is some of your time and some of your attention. I don't expect all of your time and I sure don't expect all of your attention. I just need some of your time and some of your attention. And God will blow your mind. He will bring peace to your soul. He will bring direction and purpose to your life that you are, nuh-uh, are you kidding me? And ain't the least bit, I'm confident of that. And ain't the least bit of that confidence in me. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Almighty God and Father in heaven, we love you, Father, for who you are. We don't know anybody else like you, and we never heard anybody else like you. God who faced absolutely nothing and created a universe with your spoken word. God who formed man out of the dust of the earth and personally breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. You're trying to breathe into our, your call to us, Father, is to allow us, to allow us to let you breathe into our souls the breath of life, life eternal again. And sometimes we're going through life and somebody's just stepping on our air hose and we can't get our breath and we, and we, can't, we can't figure it out and we're struggling and we're wanting to survive, Father, and we just need a little help. We just need hope. And you've told us, Father, in chapter 1 of 1 Peter, long about verse 21, that our faith and our hope are in you. Now, Father, that's the truth. You're the only source of faith, and you're the only so source of hope that there is. And the faith you offer and the hope that you give is sure and certain. Father, please, please help us hear that. Be with us, Father, as we go forward in it. We fully expect for you to glorify yourself in our journey. In each of our journeys toward you, Father, in faith, and in our collective journey as a family, we expect and we desire, Father, for you to glorify yourself. Show each of us, show us as a family, and show the world around us, Father, exactly what kind of promise-keeping God that you are. We've asked you, Father, only for these things that you want, and so we thank you for hearing our prayer. You said you did. And I'm praising you right now, Father, for being a God who's answered this prayer according to your will already. We'll praise you again as we see it and understand it. Be with us, Father. Be with us and help us to appreciate the goal of our faith, which is being accomplished, that is the salvation of our souls. Mm -hmm from uncertainty and hopelessness. We love you, Father. It's through Jesus Christ who gave himself for us, who died for us, and who intercedes in heaven itself with his own blood right now on our behalf that we pray these things. 
Amen. I can tell you this for sure and for certain, and that is that God cannot love you right now more than he does. You could understand it better. You could live out of it more. It could be a greater blessing to your life. But he already laid down his love for you. And he has raised the one he laid down to a place of authority that nobody's above. So Jesus Christ can't be more powerful than he is, and God cannot love you more than he does. If you need our help with anything, you can let us know right now while we stand and while we sing.